first episode of the Fresh Exchange Podcast. Before we begin, we're going to take a deep breath, okay? So let's just breathe in and then breathe out. I want to start this this way because I'm sure right now we all need a little bit of a reminder that we need to take some deep breaths. I know that I have been to do that sometimes because I'll catch myself holding my breath, whether emotionally or physically. So I just wanted to start with this very first episode that we're kind of setting that intention that taking a deep breath is needing to be reminded of. And I think that's completely okay. So maybe you need to keep doing that as we discuss and move into this podcast. And if you need that, go for it. Before we kind of dive into this topic this week, I'm sure you're looking at the title and you're like, gosh, Megan, intentions, year, like, do we really need to talk about this? I am so worn out and I get that, but I think that's why we need to talk about it. So I hope that This conversation is great for you today, and my hope is is that you walk away from this first episode as we begin this year with a lot of new perspective and maybe even some space in yourself you didn't even realize that you needed at all or that you even had the capacity for, rather. Before we start, though, and dive in, I want to just say that everything that's been going on, I mean, even even if, (laughs) you know, the last couple weeks, but then, you know, the last, gosh, year and a half, two years, I don't even know where to that. I feel like some days it's just like this constant processing and sometimes I feel guilty about that processing, but sometimes I also am just like, okay, this is okay. This is part of what we're at. Like little bits of work daily to parse together being human right now. You know, that's what I feel like I'm doing. And so I just want to acknowledge that like I'm here in all that with you as we discuss all this, but I've been having this thought as I have been doing that processing where I continually just come back to this idea of our culture being within a winter, like a really hard winter. And as a Northerner, like I have 34 years where I have spent time wintering, so to speak. As the book, if you haven't read it, Catherine May came out with that book, Wintering, just recently. And I picked it up in December. And Catherine, it is spot on. It is so good. And I highly suggest everybody, you sit down and pick up that book and read it. It's a not super long book, but there's nothing more relevant right now than reading that book. So I highly suggest it. So, But I want to talk about winter before we get going, because as part of setting an intention, you know, we're looking at this year where I think the best thing we can predict is that it's going to be completely unpredictable. And I think every year is that way, but I feel like after a year like 2020 and everything we're going through right now as a culture in the United States, around the world, like in various ways, in different forms, we are being made aware of just how unpredictable this year is going to be. So within that, I think we have to just sit back and recognize where we are. And in my mind, I just identify all of this like winter. Here's the reason why, like there was a portion of my life where I, I mean, I actually ran from winter because of its complete discomfort. Like if we're really honest, winter is just a very uncomfortable season if we aren't unsure about how to approach it. And I 
really didn't want to embrace the shifts and demands that it placed on my life. Like I didn't want those discomforts. Like I just wanted to wear what I want to wear. I didn't want to like spend six months in snow boots. Like it, it sounds really selfish and silly, but it, it it's a discomfort that then we can correlate to even experiences on a deeper level that we're going through right now. Like that discomfort of winter is present in our lives right now in so many ways. I realized how winter may be the most important season. After all that time, I ran away from it. I realized that it was so important because the way it strips away the fluff and fullness in the woods, and it just truly reveals to us the very thing that is the framework and bones of what creates the natural spaces in our world. So we see these spaces so extremely clearly in the winter and all that ugly and what needs work becomes completely evident when the beauty of summer is just, you know, it's kind of stripped away and the earth does it on purpose to rebuild itself, to refine things. You know, some things aren't going to make it to the next year. And like some of my lavender varieties won't last into the spring or yeah, into the spring. And some my rosemary here won't make it either. Maybe this year because it's so mild, but that is always a lesson to me because winter is that moment where we get to sit and ask what we where and how we build next. And and so I see where we're at in a similar way to a really hard winter. And some of the things that I've realized in this process that I think can kind of correlate and help guide us through this time as we're thinking about these intentions and stuff and having this conversation is that there are some things that I've learned about winter because in honesty, <laughs> like winter's become like some sort of love language to me. I I kind of laugh about that because as somebody who has come to deeply appreciate this season. I mean, gosh, I was born in Northern Michigan in the dead of January in the middle of a snowstorm. I have gone through this love-hate relationship with winter and come to the place where I realized that winter is so essential and the things that it teaches are the most essential part. And so that's some of the things that I just feel like we need to hear right now. So I'm just going to go through some of those things really quick before we jump into the meat of this podcast, because these are also part of that process of finding our intention for this year. So because we have to first recognize where we are before we can ever move into the next thing. Here's some few things about this just finding a comfort in the very depths of a hard winter. So first of all, you just have to embrace the season you're in. That was the first lesson I learned. You buy good gear. Nature does all this, you know, like every animal, every plant has a way to adapt to a winter. And if they don't, they don't make it through. And, you know, nature is very harsh in that way. <laughs> but um, this, you just have to embrace the season you are in. And if you cannot do that, it becomes extremely challenging to, to your mental state, your physical state, all of it. It becomes, we just, it's hard sometimes to recognize when we're going through something difficult, but we are going through something difficult and we have to just like be there and be okay with that and make it normal to recognize that we're going through something challenging and hard and we're in this. So the other thing is, is that this is time that winters, especially hard ones are less about being outward focused and more about being inward focused. Like I find that in the winter, you know, I'm less about being obviously out in the garden and more about being in my home. Like Mike and I always joke about like our gardens may look perfect and wonderful, 
but our home is a complete mess sometimes in the middle of the summer. You know, there's sand all over, there's dirt, there's muddy paws, there's um, swim gear all over. You know, it's just because our focus is not inward, but in the winter, our home is a lot more put together. Not this year as much with the kids here and we have two of them and it's busy and there's a lot of things going on, but you know, in most winters, our house is pretty good because on the weekends, like we're really just going for hikes, doing some outdoor stuff. And then we come home and then we clean the house and we have time for it. And so that's a, that's a correlation that we can learn from that. Like when we come to hard times and hard winters, it's time to look inward and to do that work inside, whether that's inside the walls of our home or inside the walls of our own selves. The other thing is, is like winter shifts our day to day. We don't have the same routines in winter that we do in summer and vice versa. And that's important because that's part of that embracing the season. So when you're having a hard time or you're struggling, you know, like we pass the time with doing puzzles during a hard snowstorm because we can't do a lot. I mean, we also do a lot of work during that time too. And I always say the deep work of what we do in our business happens in the winter that we harvest in the summer. And so I think about that right now. Like this is when we do the deep work because there's a time that will come where we can harvest that. So, and sometimes that deep work is some of the hardest. Winter also draws us closer to one another and closer to the people that matter most in our life and who we need the deepest connections to. Sometimes that's ourselves. Sometimes that's the people we love. Sometimes that's a new friend. The last thing, and this is the thing that I want to just hammer home to you is that winter doesn't last forever. Every winter ends. The light will always return. The garden does grow again. I say that because we have to remember that on the hardest days and nothing is infinite. Nothing is forever. So winter is always that constant reminder. And it feels like right when I am at my wits end with winter, which is typically sometime in March, right before spring officially comes, you know, I <laughs> sit there and I'm like, oh my gosh, is this ever going to end? And then I notice that the snow is melting and moving away from the base of the trunks of the trees, even though we got a snow the night before. And that to me is that shift in energy in nature that all of a sudden the trees are like, hmm, it's time. And I'm reminded that this will end, that we are on the cusp of something. You know, I always need that reminder. And so I'm saying that now, because this, everything that you're feeling, the weariness that you're feeling, the exhaustion you're feeling, the anxiety you're feeling, like none of it's infinite and the garden will grow, summer will come. So keep that mindset as we go through this process, because it is super easy to struggle in winter. I have moments, we all do, the, but the more I winter and the more I live through winters, the more I long for those moments of rest and coming back to these things. And the more I realize how important they are. And I understand the lessons that they offer us. These lessons truly, like they just aren't possible in other seasons. Like you cannot do this as well in summer. Like it's just not possible. Anyways. That is where I want us to start before we jump into the rest of this conversation, because I want you guys to know that I'm coming from the same place too. And my hope is that by looking at our year in this way that I'm about to explain will be where we find our rhythm through this year of feeling like everything's unpredictable. I want to talk about first as well, that when we are talking about intentions, I'm not talking about goals here. What an intention is, is that we are setting the undercurrent to our life. We are setting that thing that will push us towards where we want to. So think of, think of your year like a river. And what you're doing is you're going to be setting yourself in a direction. Every river, every stream, 
even, you know, the little streams that are created in the spring as the snow melts and the rain comes, there is an undercurrent to that. No matter how mucky or, you know, frothy or gross it looks on top, there's always this current that's driving it somewhere. And you can also have a very clear stream that's beautiful, but, and it's not noticeable from the surface. But when you stick your hand in, you all of a sudden realize that there is a second layer under that water where there is an actual current pulling it somewhere. So I want you to think about your intention in that way. You are setting a clear undercurrent to your life. That current is meant to take you somewhere, but it is not meant to achieve anything. And I think that is the important thing because I think this whole conversation about sending a word for your year or a vision board, or I think they're great. And I think if that works for you, it's great. But for some of us, such as myself, who is an overachiever, like it can become really unhealthy for me. I've had to reassess how I see achievement. And one of the ways that I do that is through this. And also, I know you guys want to talk about the garden and we're going to get there. Don't worry. But here's the thing. My garden doesn't just feed me in the sense like putting food on my table. It doesn't just feed my family and put stuff in my freezer every summer so that I can enjoy it in January and February. It does that. But the garden also feeds my soul in a completely other way. And in order for us to do the work that we need to do or rather myself that I need to do when I'm in the garden, I have to set that undercurrent. I have to set that intention because it's the only way I'm going to get out of it when I'm hoping to. And because I am an active meditator myself, I'm not somebody who can sit quietly, cross my fingers and do that. I, I don't do well sitting still. It's in my, it's just who I am, how I process things. Even since I was a young child, like I have to I have to be in motion in order to make things happen in my brain. It's, I think it's called kinetic learning, maybe. And I notice it in my son. <laughs> and it's it's really an important thing to identify in yourself. So if you connect with that, or you're just looking for a new way to just assess your year and look in a more open way and find new space and new explorations in yourself, like I think you'll enjoy this process that we're going to go through. So, and yes, I will talk about the garden and we will discuss that, but how we define this and how I'm going to walk through this myself and even share tidbits of my own experience with this is going to be helpful in understanding how I plan my garden, because I think it's going to surprise you guys that how I plan my garden isn't a system. It isn't this like thing that is nebulous in the sense that like I have some like specific way that I like go through and formulate how I'm going to plan. In fact, it's a lot of intuition and a lot of gut. And I love it that way. I think about it like art. I think about it like painting and we'll get into that next week. But this is the way in which it all begins is from this intention setting that I'm about to do with you. So all that to say, so here's how we set that undercurrent in our life or intention as we're going to use here. We first have to define that. And how we define that is we have a simple question that has a not so simple answer. And I want to tell you first that I have spent almost two months going on all of those long meditative walks and talking to myself in the shower. Yes, I talked to myself in the shower and I have done that for a long time in my life and I am completely okay with it because it's how I process things and talk to myself. <laughs> so um, if you have some weird way that you do that too, it's not weird. It's just who you are and that's great. So um, I've spent two months doing that. How I have come to that is realizing that what I have to ask of myself when I'm setting this is what am I truly longing for? In a year ahead, what is it 
that I want to dig into? What is the destination I hope to land at? And in that always comes back to that longing. And what I have realized is that this thing, this like asking ourselves what we're longing for can feel really, really easy to answer. Like I'm longing to see my friends, which is fine. We can have those longings. But when I'm thinking about this, I'm thinking deeper. So I will just like, I'm just going to use an example. So last year I gave myself the word strength. And when I made that intention, I was thinking about it in the sense of like, I just had two babies. I was ready to kind of move into this next stage in my life. Like I felt like I needed to rebuild my body. I had been a college athlete and I wanted to just kind of get this strength back, not college athlete strength, but more about like, I find a lot of self identity in how I'm capable of doing things because of my, you know, past of being an athlete. So I wanted that sense back, but I had to identify in myself that like what I was really longing for was like that control of self again. And that's kind of a scary thing to say to yourself sometimes because it can feel both like very selfish and also very frivolous or very silly. I think we don't always want to say things like that to ourselves or even out loud to anyone else. We can't imagine saying it to anyone else, but we also can't imagine saying it to ourselves because it's like, what is somebody going to think of me? The truth is, is we all have these things. And the sooner we just identify them, that we have these things that we may condone as silly, like the sooner they become normal. We normalize that. And so I'm telling you, like I had that. I wanted that. I wanted that sense of control of self again. And it took me a few months to like really get comfortable with like, that's what I'm actually longing for. Well, how did that play out, Megan? The thing is, is it didn't play out like as I anticipated. That word ended up meaning something completely different to me by the end of the year. But that longing that I had to connect and come back to self is where I ended up just in a completely different way than I ever anticipated because 2020, as you all know, completely took the rug out from underneath a lot of us. Actually, everyone. I don't know anyone who it didn't. And it shifted so much in my life. But that word strength and coming back to understanding strength in a whole new way taught me so much about myself. And it brought a new level of understanding of who I am, brought me to the place I actually didn't even know I was I thought I was longing for, I was longing for, and then showed me even deeper what I was longing for. And that was how I ended up here now. So when we're identifying that word or that thing, that intention, we have to ask that question, what are we longing for? And where are we trying to get to? But we also have to then also look at like where we are, which we are in the middle of a winter. And where did we come from the previous year? Like what did that year... We can look at accomplishments, which is very important, particularly for me. I have to identify my accomplishments in order to even go to the next step. But even more so than those accomplishments, like what is it that that year left you desiring more of? So when I look at like where I want to go in 2020, I'll get really vulnerable with you guys. I realized that in this year of just so much noise in my life, like kids being home, trying to figure out my business, like all these things and what I wanted out of my life. And, and also where I felt both connected and disconnected because of being in isolation and going through a pandemic, I realized that I'd become extremely disconnected from myself. And I know that sounds weird as I'm talking about these things, but what I mean is, is that I realized I wanted to come to come back to myself in a whole new way. I wanted to really dive in 
and become and find this sense of belonging in myself that I didn't even know I needed. But after a year like 2020, I realized I've never really come to. And I came to that because (laughs) I now have read Brene Brown's like Braving the Wilderness twice now. And that book was super important towards the end of my year in helping me to find strength and understanding that. But when I got to the end of it, I realized that I was still missing something and that I'd not fully come to understanding a sense of belonging in myself. Like I identified belonging amongst things like social media. Like if everybody likes what I say, or if people like something, then I'm, I'm accepted. And I think when we become kind of socially isolated too, we kind of forget how to be in that, but also we have to come to ourselves too. Like I am spending a lot of time with myself, even with two kids around, like I have a lot of time with me and also don't. (laughs) So, but I realized that when we start owning who we are, find that sense of belonging, we come into this like the wildest part of who we are. It sounds maybe cliche and being really honest, but I identified the word wild or wildness even to my year because I wanted to relearn how to become in tune with that deepest part of who I am, which is probably the most like, I I don't even know the word, like back to the nature of being who I am and that isn't defined by the world, that isn't, that no one else is identifying for me other than myself and owning it. And so that is where I came to. That is what I realized my deepest sense of longing was for 2021. And now when we think about, you know, going into this next year, I, I'm really excited about this because I see this playing out my garden perfectly. And I set this intention for myself first and then I correlate, okay, how do I put this in practice in my garden? It doesn't my garden first and then me, it's me and then my garden. And I, I cannot truly wait to talk about how that's going to play out because I have loads of books that I'm currently reading to do that. That is how I got to this place. And in my most like honest telling to you, because I'm telling you, like, I struggle with this. I, I'm trying to show you that it's okay to have these things that we have to name in order to set that true undercurrent in our life that really drives us, that gives us a deeper sense of purpose to everything in life. And it isn't like there is no goal in me setting that word. What it does is it gives me permission to give myself that space. That's it. And that's what I love about it is like, it just is like, okay, this is where you want to head. So let's choose more of that more than anything and ask more questions that leave space for that. I hope that by just explaining this process, it allows you to kind of go through and think to yourself, like, what am I longing for? What is that thing I want as my undercurrent? And I... I hope it opens up a new space for you when you're looking at this year and it gives you a sense of a deeper purpose that we can have during this winter of our culture and in our own lives and know that we're all in it together. We're all going through that. It's just how do we see the light in it all? How do we make this time not productive, but healing and purposeful? That's it. There's so, so much that I see right now that is just an opportunity in the moment of struggle. There's a lot of self-work going on in all of us. And so we have to learn to have strength and grace in the same breath. And that's a hard thing. 
I am very excited that we get to start here though. And I am so looking forward to where our conversations will lead this year as we explore this combination of nature, ourselves, our garden, seasonal concepts, and all the conversations that I have ahead of me. I'm so excited. I have the list of people that I I'm preparing to interview and they're such amazing humans. They're important conversations that we're going to have. So hold on. I hope you stick around and I hope this helps. If you loved this and you think it'd be helpful for others, please share and encourage them to subscribe. You know, we're new and getting going here. So I just hope you guys love it. And this sets a good in undercurrent intention to what lies ahead for this first year of Fresh Exchange's podcast. Thank you guys as always. And I cannot wait to chat more with you about my garden and recap it with you next week. And also talk about how this intention is going to play out this year. See you out there, friends. Friends.